Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And I'm Mary Walter sitting in for Rob Carson. Rob on his way to New Hampshire. He'll be there tomorrow. He's going to be doing the show live from there. And so if you're in the area, you can go. Although, how big is New Hampshire? How are you not in the area in New Hampshire ever? <laughs> but, so you can go You can go see Rob do the show live tomorrow from New Hampshire. I believe he's there Friday as well. So I believe he's doing the show there live for two days. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will will tell me. Uh, So we have a great show lined up for you. There's so much to talk about. Oh, my gosh. I had prepped for the show yesterday. And then, of course, I'm hearing, oh, indictment coming down today, which I should have known based on the timing. And I'll tell you, we're going to go into that uh, coming up. Uh, So coming up later in the show, uh, next hour, we're going to be joined by a Colonel John Mills. Uh, We're going to talk to him just news of the day. He's a former director of cybersecurity policy for the Department of Defense. A lot to talk to him about. Uh, In the last hour, Andrew Arbogast will be joining us. He is a vet, and he's the founder of a company that um, is doing quite well, but it's kind of like a spotlight on a vet and a company and succeeding after you come home, after you're deployed. And he's also involved with Folds of Honor. But first, uh, we're going to kick it off with Cully Stimson this hour. He is a former prosecutor and defense attorney, and he's with the Heritage Foundation. So we're going to talk to him coming up about um, what's going on with the indictment yesterday. I want to get into it a little bit with you first before we talk to Cully. And there's a lot to unpack here. So one of the things I wanted to talk to him about was the timing. This is how you knew the indictment was coming down yesterday, because if you're paying mild attention, which I'm shocked at the number of people who aren't even paying mild attention. I I know people are like, whatever, both parties are terrible. I'm not paying attention. It's like, wow, that to me is not a... A way to go through life because the party in office affects your life greatly, your ability to get ahead, your ability to feed your family, to maybe take them on a vacation, you know, to put gas in the car. Those are things that affect your life every day. So as I believe, you should be informed, especially if you vote, you should be casting an informed ballot. Again, that's just me. So Three different times that Trump so far has been hit with an indictment. It has come the day after there was any kind of breaking news about the Bidens. Let's go back to March, March 17th. Hunter accidentally in an interview admitted that the laptop was his. What happened the next day on March 18th? Donald Trump got a notice of indictment from Alvin Bragg. All right. Let's go to June, June 8th. 
we find out the Bidens are found to have taken a $5 million bribe, allegedly, but allegedly have gotten taken a $5 million bribe each. Five for Joe, five for the big guy, five for Hunter. That's June 8th. What happened on June 9th? Yeah, Trump got indicted for the Mar-a-Lago and the documents, right? So now let's go to July 31st. What happens? Devin Archer testifies about Hunter Biden and his business dealings with his father. Got to get that out of the news. So what happened yesterday, a day later, Trump indicted on January 6th charges. But that's all a coincidence, nothing to see here. And you're not supposed to believe that the DOJ is weaponized or shilling for the Bidens. You're not supposed to believe any of that. So don't believe your lying eyes. That's just all coincidence. So when something I, I they're going to run out of indictments, though, they're going to run out of ways to indict Trump as more information comes out against uh, the Bidens. So if Republicans are smart, I know Fannie Willis is supposedly um, she's a very big drama queen. She's got this whole thing set up and she keeps making announcements that with teasing what's coming, you know, she wants attention because uh, that, that's always a, a good, you know, ethical prosecutor, one who wants attention and pr- provides the drama, brings the drama. Uh, beforehand. So if Republicans were smart, they would release something today. But Democrats know when all their hearings are and Democrats know when everything is going to be coming out. So they know that they can time these announcements to get Hunter and Joe out of the news, sweep them out of the news cycle and put Donald Trump front and center. They're masters at that, but they can do it because the media is run by the government and the DOJ. I don't think is run by the Democrats anymore. I think the DOJ is kind of acting on their own. I think the DOJ at this point is an unelected, uh, a group of unelected bureaucrats who are um, running the show. They are accountable to no one. It's almost like the silent coup happened and they took over and they have their team, definitely the Democrats now, but we all know what happens in any kind of coup and silent or otherwise that um, you're the party in favor for now. For now. And then eventually they come for you too. But no one knows history. No one learns from history because it's boring white men. Uh, And so nobody pays attention. And then they'll be shocked when it all comes down. So let's go. So so the uh, the the announcement was made last night. Trump indicted on these charges. He was indicted on four counts. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. So if if someone is attempting to obstruct an official proceeding and you obstruct that obstruction, isn't that a good thing? Doesn't that mean that you're stopping the attempt to stop the official proceeding? Right? Obstruction of an attempted obstruction. That sounds to me like it's a good thing. So we'll have to ask Kelly about that. And conspiracy against rights. Now, I learned a lot yesterday listening to Jonathan Turley and Andrew McCarthy and um, Der- uh, Alan Dershowitz. And one of the things I learned is that in prior cases, the Supreme Court has set the precedence that fraud, what constitutes fraud in the United States for you to be charged with fraud, is you have to obtain something tangible, money or property from the person that you defrauded. 
And I don't know what thing Trump obtained by committing this alleged fraud. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Well, based on, and if, if this is true, again, learned this yesterday by watch, watching Jonathan Turley. This was Jonathan Turley. Um, I learned that you have to get something tangible, and I don't know what that is. So conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, but then obstructing the attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And the conspiracy against rights, I have no idea what the conspiracy against rights are. So hopefully uh, we will learn. Now, one of the things, let's listen first. Let's let's go to uh, cut one. This is Jack Smith announcing the indictment of Donald Trump for his actions after the 2020 election. If you did not see this, it, I, I think it's different than hearing it. If you saw this, this dude was sweating like like John Candy in a desert. You know what I mean? Like like a fat man in a desert. He was drenched in sweat. It was total flop sweat going on. And he looked like this... I mean, his his look anyway is a little off-putting, and he can't help that so, but he's very thin, and the beard and everything, he just looked very small and very afraid, like very nervous and very jittery, like a little rabbit. That's how he appeared. See if he sounds that way. Here's uh, the announcement by Special Counsel Jack Smith. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official meeting. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment, and our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. 
Okay, so there was a lot of January 6th imagery there. Um, he was supposedly, I thought, doing a special counsel to investigate the um, the documents, right? The, the the documents, you know, he took all the documents. That's what I thought he was investigating. But apparently his charge is much broader than the special counsel that's investigating Joe Biden and the documents. Shock and surprise to no one. Um, and by the way, is it surprising that there actually is a special counsel investigating Joe Biden? Who knew? Because we haven't heard a darn thing from him. Of course we have it. If you want to jump in before we have Colleen on, 1-800-922-6680, 1-800-922-6680 is the number. We have a lot more, but those were the charges, uh, and that was Jack Smith bringing those charges yesterday, which I thought was very weird. He also said the, disp- the defendant spread lies. Okay, well, a lot of politicians lie. Um, we arrest them all. Well, Washington, D.C. is going to be pretty empty. All right, I'll get your calls and more of this. And then we have Cully Stimson coming up on The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. If you want to join me, 1-800-922-6680. Coming up, Cully Stimson from Heritage will be joining us to answer a lot of questions that I have about what's going on with the latest indictment, this one from Jack Smith. Now, what's interesting, and I'm going to ask um, Cully about this, is Julie Kelly, she's great. And she noticed here that the DOJ did not produce all the Mar-a-Lago camera footage to the defense counsel in the first batches of discovery, despite telling the court that they did. And here, this comes from the filing. Included, included in production three is additional CCTV footage from the Mar-a-Lago club that the government obtained from the Trump organization on May 9th and May 12th in response to a grand jury subpoena served on April 27th. On July 27th, as part of the preparation for the superseding indictment coming later that day and the discovery production for defendant D'Alavera, the government learned that this footage had not been processed and uploaded to the platform established for the defense to view the subpoenaed footage. Oopsie, we forgot. Isn't that convenient? The government's representation at the July 18th hearing that all surveillance footage the government had obtained pre-indictment had been produced was therefore incorrect. Isn't it weird how the government keeps making these mistakes at the DOJ and whenever they make a mistake, it always hurts the defense. Has anybody noticed that always hurts the defense? And they're always get in front of a sympathetic judge who goes, oh, don't worry about it. We understand you have a really hard job. It's hard being a lawyer. It's hard getting the whole defense thing and all that stuff right. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, she goes on to note that um, now this is with Judge Cannon for, for the superseding indictments. The indictment discusses how the Trump team moved boxes and classified documents for more than a year. But now the DOJ advises the defense team to only look at a few days from the total archive. They say to facilitate review, the government also identified and separately produced for the defense key excerpts from the CCTV footage. How about if I'm the defense? I want all the footage. Not just what the prosecution is cherry picking and sending to me. Yet this continually happens over and over and over again. Now, um, Annie McCarthy, 
was was talking about how this criminalizes free speech. So I want to go to some more of this audio again before we get to uh, Cully. Let's go to uh, let's go to cut two here. This is Jonathan Turley, and this was his impression of just based on what he saw. This is very early on. You get to read the whole thing of Jack Smith's case. To tell you, I am uh, really quite astonished by much of this indictment so far. Uh, it regurgitates a lot of the allegations against Trump, and there is room for criticism uh, in terms of the claims being made about stolen elections. Uh, but it's criminalizing all of that. You know, it, it states in the indictment the president spent months spreading false rumors and allegations of election irregularities. Really, is that a criminal issue? I mean, is that is that the basis of this conspiracy? Uh, it seems to me rather uh, loose at the joints. Yeah, is that the is that the basis for this? Remember, we had fifty one intel agents law, sign a letter lying about the laptop, saying that it was Russian disinformation. They did that just before the election in order to influence the election. I don't know. That sounds pretty criminal. You're not supposed to influence an election, right? But yet they did. We know that Adam Schiff was lying about the Russia hoax. He kept getting up and saying as a member of the uh, Intel committee before he got kicked off that uh, I've seen evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. You big fat liar. No, you did not. Well, shouldn't he? I mean, that influenced an election, did it not? That's why he did it. But yet he's not charged with anything. So are we now criminalizing speech? Harry Reid, back when with Mitt Romney, when Mitt Romney was running against Obama. Remember, Harry Reid famously accused Mitt Romney of not paying his taxes. And then when we find out that it was all BS, he was asked about it. And he said, yeah, but it worked, didn't it? Let's quickly go to Owings Mills and Tom. We've got about a minute and a half here. Hi, Tom. You're on The Rob Carson Show. That GBT to bring back a holographic version of Jimmy Stewart and have him star in a new movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Perdition. And, I think that, and if I were Donald Trump, before I would venture back into the Capitol, I'd get a full hearing of all of Melania's dreams. All of uh, Melania's on, dreams? A, a millennial got that historical illusion. I'm not following here. Julius Caesar. Oh, okay. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I wasn't. By a millennial, they'll take away your baby boomer card. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They, they don't. They don't like the baby boomers. You, you are a hundred percent right. But you know, your point being that the Trump indictment is a joke, and, and that part I got. You lost me on the Julius Caesar thing. Got to tell you, <laughs> you lost me there. Um, all right. Here, here's what else they are saying. Uh, legal experts uh, saying that. Um, that this is no gets nowhere close to the threshold of seditious conspiracy. And in fact, that yesterday, Jack Smith did not charge Donald Trump for incitement of the riot on January 6th. But I thought that's why we indicted him. He wasn't charged for incitement, despite Jack Smith putting so much time and spending so much time with that January 6th imagery and trying to lay that at the feet of Donald Trump. He didn't charge Donald Trump with incitement. He also didn't charge him for seditious conspiracy, despite mentioning it. 
what he's basically been charged with is thought crimes. Now, we'll find out from Cully, you know, everyone's saying about, well, well, Trump's lawyers, it's not illegal to follow bad advice. If your lawyer gives you bad advice, it's not illegal to follow bad advice. And if Trump really believed that the election was stolen, that he really believed that he won, it's not a lie. But, you know, we had Hillary Clinton went around for how long telling all of us that Trump was um, an imposter, that he was an illegitimate president? How many talking heads on MSNBC and CNN said the same thing? How many Democrats challenged the election of Donald Trump? So are those thought crimes and lies as well? I don't know where the line is. Kali Stimson from Heritage Foundation joins us next to help sort it all out. I'm Mary Walter. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. in for Rob Carson on the Rob Carson show joining us now on the Newsmax hotline it is Cully Stimson Cully is a former prosecutor and defense attorney and currently the deputy director of the Edwin Meese the third center uh, manager of the national law security law program and senior legal fellow senior advisor to the president at the Heritage Foundation that's quite a business uh, card you have going there Cully welcome to the show thank you for having me Mary always great to be with you I'm so glad you're on because I have so many questions for you about what happened yesterday with this indictment. Um, We saw Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, come out. Now, my first question for you is I thought Jack Smith was investigating the retention of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. How did we get to January 6th? Because he's been assigned as a special counsel on that case, too. So this is the result of that. Okay, so he's investigating two things. Right. Yep. All right. Now, is there a special investigator still investigating Joe Biden's illegal retention of classified documents? <laughs> oh, Mary, you always ask a question you already know the answer to. Um, well, there's the Congress, uh, and there seems to be the only one interested in performing their oversight function. And now that the plea deal uh, for the little slap on the wrist he wanted uh, before the Delaware Federal District Court judge fell apart because there was not a meeting of the minds. Now the Justice Department's all of a sudden waking up and acknowledging, oh, you know, actually we are investigating him for potential violations of the Foreign Agents Registration Act for uh, snapping up and gobbling up all this money from overseas without uh, registering as a foreign agent. So uh, we'll see whether anything comes of that. I mean, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's a hard case uh, to prove because a lot of the facts are already out there, thanks to Congress and whistleblowers. Uh, But uh, we'll see whether the Justice Department applies the same standards across the board. I have my doubts. 
Well, uh, so you're talking about the president being charged with violating Farah. No, I'm talking about Hunter. Hunter, uh, okay. Being, yeah, because I think, you know, if there's any criminality on the part of the president, uh, and if it's related, you know, it would be discovered if it's there through his, the actions of his drug addict son, uh, Hunter. Right. Uh, and Hunter obviously was playing up the brand, which is the family name, which is the dad who was the VP. Uh, obviously, if his last name was Jones, he wouldn't have been on the Burisma board or been scooping up cash from who knows whom uh, across the globe. Uh, so, you know, whether he just brought daddy in to say hi uh, to people on the phone or whether he was uh, using daddy's name and influence uh, to do other things like get the uh, prosecutor in Ukraine fired, uh, which was obviously, you know, something Joe Biden admitted to gleefully uh, in an interview, uh, and whether there's any criminality on the part of the president uh, is an open question. But I, okay, but as far as like the, the retention on Joe's part and the special prosecutor retention of those documents, nothing's been leaked. So I think we can pretty much assume that the special prosecutor is not doing anything. As far as investigating well, that, the special, the special prosecutor in that case is Rob Burr. Rob was a Trump uh, appointee and the U.S. attorney for the District of Maryland. He's a sort of squared away guy. I've met Rob. Uh, and so the fact that you don't see any action doesn't mean nothing's happening. Uh, so I'm going to withhold judgment. I think you should and everyone else should until and unless Rob speaks. Uh, and typically a prosecutor who's appointed for something like that would speak either through an indictment uh, or uh, a report to the attorney general who would then announce that they decided not to go with any criminal charge. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we can bet dinner on this, and I bet that absolutely nothing happens, or the clock runs out and it's before an election, so we can't do anything until after the election. So well, that's... your cynicism is based in reality and experience, so either way, I'll have dinner <laughs> with you. But uh, I'm hoping Rob follows the facts and is allowed to follow the facts wherever they lead. And then and then if he is allowed and he, he does the honorable thing, then we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, well, the honorable. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Um, let's get back to uh, this th- this indictment yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he uh, Trump has been charged. These are the charges. Uh, four counts. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, defraud the United States of what? <laughs> well, first off, let me put my legal beagle hat on. It's a specific intent crime, which means he had to have the intent at the time he was doing these actions to defraud the United States. If his intent was something else, like wanting to win an election, wanting to make sure the vote was counted properly, then he has a different specific intent. So I don't know. I mean, what was he defrauding? I mean, I, I, I agree with you. What was he defrauding? Was he defrauding the United States of picking somebody other than him when he clearly thought and still thinks that he won the election fair and square. So I don't see how how you get to that. Okay. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, meaning the, the certification on January 6th of the election. Yeah. So this, um, you know, essentially boils down to uh, remember, and a conspiracy has two legal elements to it. One, it's an agreement with another person to commit a crime. And two, a substantial step towards that. 
And you don't have to know who all the other co-conspirators are in a conspiracy to be convicted of the conspiracy. Um, so, you know, okay, I guess the theory here is that he was had agreements with a lot of people to prevent uh, Pence from counting uh, the votes, which was his sole job as the president of the Senate and the vice president of the United States. But his closest advisors were advising him that, as a legal matter, Pence did have the authority to delay the proceedings. So, uh, okay, I, I mean, what? Well, is he going to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that an effort to convince Pence of their of their meritless legal theory rises to the level of a criminal conspiracy? I think that that is going to be a tough one also to prove. Now, in D.C., the right. juries aren't going to be predisposed to, to like Trump. I was uh, just going to tell you, in D.C., he can, they can convict him of anything in D.C. I think right? that the juries in D.C. would be predisposed to starting with guilty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes to the Supremes. Uh, that's pretty much what's going to happen. So if if you get together with some other people and you say, we're going to challenge this this official proceeding, we want to challenge the authorization of the certification of this election. Aren't the Democrats guilty of the same thing when they challenge when they got together as a group and they all decided that they were going to challenge the certification of the election of Donald Trump in 2016 and also George Bush? George W. Bush, because you and I lived yes. through that, and for the listeners who are too young to remember, or just don't remember, uh, in the year 2000, uh, Vice President Al Gore, who was the vice president for Bill Clinton, uh, thought he won the state of Florida, and it boiled down to whether uh, there were there were irregularities. There was an order, the recount that was ordered in Florida, and Al Gore launched lots of lawsuits across various counties in Florida. Not in not one of the recounts in any of the counties did he win, yet he kept pressing this case. So if you apply this general theory that Jack Smith has applied to Trump, who believed in his heart that he won and still believes it, Al Gore still thinks he won, I'm sure. Hillary Clinton has said throughout the, 20, the, yep. the, the election whether she lost to, 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 uh, to, to Trump that she won, and she said it since then. Does that make her guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of these theories that I think are really delving into sort of dangerous precedent? I mean, it's one thing to try to impeach Trump, which is a wholly political process, and he was three votes shy of conviction in the Senate. Uh, It's another thing to rise to the level of a criminal act when this is vigorous, vigorous mostly for protected First Amendment speech on his part. And his advisor, he's not a lawyer. His sister's a judge and a lawyer, but he doesn't know the law. Uh, and, and so when he's been advised by his lawyers uh, that there are viable legal challenges and there's fraud, what's he supposed to do? Fire them and say, I don't agree with any of my lawyers? So two more. I just want to get to these quickly before we go to break because I have so many questions. Um, the the third count is obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. Now, to me, that's a double negative. And if someone's if he's been charged with conspiracy to obstruct a pers- pr- official proceeding, that's the bad thing. But he's also being charged with obstructing the obstruction, which sounds to me like a good thing. So I'm confused. 
Uh, let me unconfuse you. Um, this is essentially charging in the alternative. Uh, he's giving the jury here a way to find him guilty one way or the other. So the way I read the theory of this charging decision is under 18 U.S.C. 15 uh, 2C2, he's either guilty of obstructing an official proceeding or he's guilty if, if the jurors, jurors wouldn't be convinced that he obstructed it because ultimately Pence came back, counted the votes, and it was over. He was guilty of attempting to obstruct the official proceeding, and they can point to the delay uh, between uh, the time Pence first went in there, took a long break, and then came back and and counted the electoral votes. Hmm. Of course, what this indictment doesn't show <laughs> is any connection, uh, at least in the speaking part of the indictment, between the Oath Keepers and other people who have been convicted right? Uh, and Trump's words. In fact, if you recall, Trump's words... Uh, in front of the White House to his supporters was, I want you to go to the Capitol and peacefully protest. Yeah. That's not included in the indictment. Why? No, of course not. Typically, you're very honest and forthright in your indictment, and you put all the good, bad, and the ugly in, uh, and I think it was a deliberate omission, and I think it's a little telling to me. Yes. Well, I've got some other things that I think are, are, are a little telling as well, and it involves Jack Smith. So we're going to get to that more coming up with Cully Stimson on The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. We're here with Cully Stimson from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Cully, I know you got to run, but Julie Kelly uh, just posted on Twitter uh, today she posted a little whoopsie from Jack Smith's office. And what they say here regarding the Mar-a-Lago camera footage, the government learned on July 27th as part of the preparation for the superseding indictment coming down later that day and the discovery production for defendant D'Olivera, the government learned that this footage had not been processed and uploaded to the platform established for the defense to view the subpoenaed footage. The government's representation at the July 18th hearing that all surveillance footage the government had obtained pre-indictment had been produced was therefore incorrect. It seems to me that um, the government makes a lot of mistakes when it comes to evidence and giving it to the defense. The government does sometimes. Uh, you got to hand it to them for being honest. Um, and no <laughs> doubt, I'm serious. I mean, I was a prosecutor. Uh, sometimes you don't get the stuff to the defense when they want it. Uh, the question is, what is the remedy here? I don't think there's going to be a remedy. Usually the remedy the judge will give is say, okay, defense, take the time you need to prepare. Uh, so if this is the only evidentiary mistake, uh, that's not bad. Um, the question is, when Jack Smith and his team are running full speed on two different cases, uh, the classified documents cases, much more complicated in one sense because it's going to take a lot of procedures under a federal rule called 505 of evidence, the Classified Information Procedure Act, to even get this case to trial. And then this massive conspiracy case that they just dropped the indictment on, you know, you got to wonder whether they have the bandwidth to do two separate cases of these magnitude. Oh, I think when it comes to getting Trump, they have all the bandwidth in the world you could possibly want. I really yeah, do. And, and Trump's going to, you know, mount vigorous, vigorous defenses. The first of which I would suspect in this January 6th indictment is to move it out of D.C. Uh, and ask for a change of venue because there's no way, uh, according to a defense, any any defendant in his situation is going to say he'd get a fair trial in D.C. There's no yeah. way. Well, 
they're not going to give him that. I, I highly doubt. I could be wrong, but I highly doubt they're they're going to give him that. This judge wants him so bad in her courtroom. I'm sure she can taste it. So, what is your prediction of where this goes quickly? Like, I do. Do we see Trump being convicted on this in D.C.? Well, will he get a change of venue? What do you think? I think he won't get a change of venue. I think the remedy the judge will give is will allow unlimited jury selection, and that'll drag out for a long time. Um, I think the classified documents case is a tougher case for the defense because you either had the documents or you didn't, and they were either classified or they weren't. Well, hang out with them. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun in New Hampshire. My first time. So what do you see at the end of the day? Does Is Trump, uh, you know, does he serve time? Or do you serve time in a classified documents case like that? And can they do that when Joe Biden has his own classified documents case? I, I know that the Democrats' wildest dream is to see Trump perp walked into prison and in prison garb. I don't see, no matter what happens in these cases, Trump serving any time. Okay, but you think he will wind up being a convicted criminal? I don't know. Um, okay. I think that the J6 case, uh, there's going to be vigorous defenses put forth, and I think some of them actually may be granted to neck down some, most, if not all, of the charges. Uh, the okay. classified documents case is a different story. I don't know where that's going to turn up. Well, at least you're honest about it, and I appreciate that. Cully Stimson, thank you for answering my questions. I really appreciate you. And since I did not get a law degree, I just had to borrow yours for half an hour. <laughs> well, you got what you paid for, Mayor. So, uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Day. And Cully, where are you? At Cully Stimson, C-U-L-L-Y-S-T-I-M-S-O-N on Twitter. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. 1-800-922-6680 if you want to comment. 1-800-922-6680 is the number. And we still have more audio to play and share with you. Uh, just so you can hear for yourself from the the experts, from Jonathan Turley. There's some Dershowitz coming up. And I'm going to share it all with you. At least I'm going to try on The Rob Carson Show. Mary Walter in for Rob Carson here on Newsmax Radio on the Rob Carson Show. Talking about uh, the indictment against Donald Trump. Let's hear what Andy McCarthy had to say. This was pretty early on when the announcement first came out. Here's Andy McCarthy's assessment. Uh, The statutes that are on the books now are vague and otherwise Congress hasn't criminalized that. So I think what you have is the case comes down to can he prove that Trump believed the things that he that he was saying notwithstanding all the evidence to the contrary but even if he could get over that hurdle which i think is is daunting i do think that you have the problem that he has extravagantly stretched these statutes in order to try to capture this behavior and that's because this is really a proxy for what should have been a political impeachment process they're leaving to the criminal justice system the failure of congress to carry out a successful impeachment Yeah. And so you're hearing him say there again that there's really no um, there's no precedence for this. Congress hasn't criminalized thought yet or certain speech yet. Yes. Everybody says, well, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. He didn't yell fire. He said, I don't think that this uh, election was legitimate. I think that there was a little hanky-panky, and I think I won. Hillary Clinton said the exact same thing. So until, I guess, Congress criminalizes it, you can't go around um, 
prosecuting people for it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, yeah, let's quickly, let's just quickly go to cut nine. This is Alan Dershowitz. So I just want to get the last of the lawyers in here. Alan Dershowitz. I think he may lose in the United States Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, but I think he will probably win in the United States Supreme Court if they grant review, and they should grant review. When you have the president of the United States and his people going after his opponent in a political election, it has to be beyond reproach. It has to be without any problem has to be the strongest case in history. This doesn't meet that standard. Yeah, doesn't meet the standard. So you got three lawyers. They're all saying the same thing. Coming up, Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy, I thought was super classy. He handled this fabulously. That'll be next on The Rob Carson Show. No crooked, crooked establishment. None of that twisting the truth. No talking down don't to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell, tell me how to think. think. They let, let me decide. Newsmax. Real news. For real people.